0: This is Ed Cicali with Athletic Strength and Power Podcasts, brought to you by Team Builder, the online strength and conditioning software, and by On Milk, the specially packaged, protein-rich milk source that requires no refrigeration. I'm fresh off a trip to beautiful Nashville, Tennessee. Coach Eddie George, the former Heisman Trophy winner, has assembled an incredible group of coaches and teachers in an effort to get the TSU Tiger football program pointed in a new, positive direction. Tennessee State is one of around 100 of America's historically black colleges and universities, the HBCU. Many of these fine institutions have long histories of providing students with incredible learning opportunities and leadership roles. And i got to tell you, I came away from this visit with nothing but positive vibes and even more admiration for Eddie George. So good luck to that program down there. Here's the ASAP Athletic Strength and Power podcast with Head Strength and Conditioning Coach Scott Holzhoppel. Good to have you visited again, just a new area. And, you know, we had to come down and see what you were up to down here. But uh, you're in, in uh, good hands down here, and this is a rebuild type of a program. You're going to uh, come in here, and, you, and you've started the strength and conditioning program for this football program here. And it's a big transition of course, you've been in some big-time places, and you plan on getting this place turned around and getting, getting the things you need for your facility.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's been an awesome experience. I mean, you just always have to keep things in perspective of what's really important. For me, it's always been about the players, always will be about the players. And as long as you can keep your, uh, your daily focus from day to day on them, at the same time while trying to increase everything else around you, you have a chance for success.
0: You came down here and are working with one of the legends of college and professional football, Eddie George. How did that end up that he called upon you to take over this strength and conditioning program for the Tennessee State Tigers?
1: Yeah, it's amazing. Um, Kind of the same life lessons when you're in a weight room, you're teaching your players about always doing the right thing. And we had a mutual friend, so the chief of staff here is Dusty Bennett. Dusty Bennett had a relationship with – Eddie George through mutual agents. And Dusty was with me at Georgia State. We became really good friends. Then there was a job open when I was at New Mexico for a director of football operations. And I got him the job there on conditions that he couldn't move his family out right away. So he stayed with me, drove my uh, company car, and I took care of him for six months. And then things didn't work out there. But then a year later, he gets this opportunity, and I got a call from him. So uh when you do good things, good things happen to you.
0: That's pretty cool. I mean, Eddie George Nashville, he's a legend here in this town. He's going to try to turn this program and get it rolling, isn't he?
1: Yeah, I mean, he's a living example as well. He's, you know, it's, it's always good to have an example of what excellence looks like right in front of your face. I mean, someone who's been uh, at the highest level of all of his athletic career, but yet he's so humble and such a good person that you can be both of those things. You can be the top of the top, on the field, and off the field.
0: Well, one of the reasons he had to have reached out to you to bring you into this program is the fact that you have a resume. Tell our listeners and remind our listeners out there of all the stops that you've made. Don't make it an hour long. Try to trim it down.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's been, a, it's been a great journey. I mean, uh, fortunately, I get to wake up and do what I love to do every day. So, I mean, it started off with me being my hometown, State College, Pennsylvania. So I started off as a part-time assistant at Penn State. And then from there, that's so when I interned for Coach Mickey Marathi. And after that, I got an opportunity to go to Marquette University. From Marquette, I went to Kentucky, did basketball there. Then from Kentucky, I was fortunate enough to reconnect with uh, Coach Mick down at the University of Florida for four years. And then from there, I went with Charlie Weiss to Kansas for three years. After Kansas, I went to Georgia State for four. And then I went with Coach Davey to New Mexico. And then... Um, I just had a small stop at Robert Morris basketball before coming back into football down here at uh, Tennessee State University.
0: Well, you got to feel like we're uh, almost stalking you because we've seen you at several stops along your way. But another thing that is is to observe and and see you working with these players, the players really take to you. I don't know if you realize it, but they, uh, they like your personality and they like the way you treat them and you treat them right. And that's got to be part of your philosophy. What's your basic philosophy as far as the way you approach that?
1: I mean, not for lack of better terms. It's not, you know, it's tough love. You know, it's being that, uh, kind of being that, that, that role model for them. So not, you know, it's the, the story of, if you ever watched the uh, TV show West Wing, there was a guy named Leo McGarity who was the chief of staff for the president in that show. He tells a story about a guy walking down the street and he fell in a hole. Priest walks by. Guy says, Father, Father, can you help me? He writes him a quick little sermon, throws it down, keeps going. Next guy walks down, doctor walks by, Doc, can you help me out? Doctor writes him a prescription He throws it down the hole, keeps moving. Last one's a friend. Friend walks by slash teammate walks by. Can you help me? All of a sudden, the friend just jumps down the hole. The guy in the hole says, why would you do that? He's like, how are we going to get out of here? He's like, I've been down here before and I can show you how to get out. So my hands, I like getting my hands dirty, down with them. I do everything that they do. I do it along with them. And they know that I'm going to be there, whether it's with a bullhorn at 6 a.m. Inside the, inside the dining hall or it's on a run or running hills. I'm going to be right, uh,
0: right next to them because I've been in that hole before. Coach, if you could tell us a little bit about how you set things up as soon as you got here. I think you got here in uh, early summer like June so if you know anything about strength and conditioning and football uh, that's an odd time to be arriving on the scene what was it like and how did you get off your horse and just start training guys I mean what was how did you throw the program together
1: I mean that first thing you, you have a list and I always look for worst case scenarios right so you're always going through from the simplest things from is there an AED in the weight room if not where's the closest one located water what's our emergency exit plan so you go through all the safety protocols first then after going that, you start off basic, which is kind of nice, just having you and a hundred players to train every day. That you get back to basics and fundamentals of strength and conditioning. Start off slow. Teach them how to do things the right way. Teach them how to be teammates. Teach these young young men the importance of knowing where to park, to get to the weight room so you're not taking a professor's spot. Um, how to take your trays back after you're done eating. From from everything, the total broad perspective from a ten thousand 000- foot view all the way down to why did you put the two and a half over there when it belongs over there when you're done using it how to record your weights body weights every day you know it's just you there you have to teach them how to do these a lot of things for themselves i don't set the weight room up they set it up they break it down they put everything away you know because the reason i give them you came to work out anyhow from the point where if you're late or if the gate's locked you can't get in you have to park outside the gate you run to the workout that's what we're coming here to do anyhow so you might as well get a little extra in. So from a total perspective, all the way down to the finest focused things that you have to do with inside the sport.
0: You know, this isn't Gainesville. This isn't, you know, Columbus. you got to get out of that Jeep in the morning, and you got to come in, roll up your sleeves, and, ro- and be ready to roll.
1: Yeah, I mean, you have to be the first one there, and you're the last one to leave. I mean, you're the lead example of this whole thing. So you, you have to live it day by day. You have to come in with a high amount of energy, that's the type of program that, that you want and that you feel that that's required to succeed, which I do, you can't have a bad day because they're going to have bad days. They're 18- to 20 year old kids. You're just trying to coach them through it and making
0: sure that they don't have two in a row. So you're there for them in the weight room and out of the weight room. You know, uh, you've got some plans. You know, actually, we're we're doing this interview right now in what is going to be your training facility in, 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 I guess, about a year, huh?
1: Yeah, it should be. We should be breaking, um, not necessarily breaking ground, but uh, ripping floor out and moving ceiling up here within the next probably three weeks. And I'm I'm really more excited about these players, that they get to see something. They get something special to call their own, um, something that's brand new, um, something they get even more excited about. And at the end of the day, they have a feeling, the older guys, that they've uh, earned this. It wasn't given to them. It wasn't handed to them. Just like watching a kid come in as a walk-on and earn a
0: scholarship, he actually earned it. You guys are in camp right now getting ready for this 2021 season to kick off. What's, the, uh, what's your approach during camp as far as reps and kind of some sets and how much do you really throw at them after they've been at practice and things like that? How do you kind of balance that?
1: I mean, a lot of it's really just spending, if you spend a lot of time with your players, it's again in the dining halls, in the training rooms, knowing them inside and out. You have to have the tweakability in the weight room to know that the most important thing for them right now is football during camp. And then, like you said, we started classes, so the next thing is classes. Make sure that they understand how to organize. Make sure they, uh, they can get their schedule set. So then, then you can start getting more specific on day-to-day. Okay, this is what I'm eating. This is what I'm going to eat. This is when I lift. Then, then you can start the progression. So it's like almost like starting all over again, but you have more time because you're in season. So you have to be really flexible, obviously, because they're playing a collision sport. So you're trying to keep them as healthy as you possibly can. Um, we rotate days. So one day we'll lift. The next day we'll do a bunch of flexibility and yoga. Um, some, sometimes I'll do a lot of rehab with different guys, all the way from tracking from the field, all the way to make sure they're getting the cold tubs, making sure they're hydrating, weighing them in and out, making them really understand the importance of these things so they buy into it, so they do it. You know, once they think it's almost their idea and it's really going to help them in many different aspects of their lives, not just in football, that they buy into it, then they'll follow through with it.
0: What are you doing uh, as far as, you know, keeping track of all of the data that you're getting from these workouts and from the weigh-ins and everything? How do you, what are you throwing it into to analyze it?
1: Right now, we're working on developing, inputting all of it into Team Builder from when we can use it. And besides that, we're just using old school Excel, making sure you're printing it out every day, making sure that you're telling them to look at it every day and understand exactly what it is that they're looking at. So once again, so they're they start caring about it, so then they start wanting to look at it every day. So from body weights, you know, before practice, after practice, the start of camp to where you are each day. So you have two different differentials. Then obviously you have your progressions in the weight room for different exercises that you're doing as well. And a lot of it's just setting up um, successful habits, you know, knowing, knowing what time, if meetings are at 7.45, what time should I get the breakfast? What should I have for breakfast? Each guy might be a little different in the amount of food that he can take in before practice and how much time you have in those meetings before practice to be able to digest it and then hydrating through practice and then flexibility after practice, getting to cold tubs after practice, rehydrating again. Now you're at lunch, so you're having them eat all over again. So just creating these successful habits So they can stay as healthy as they can, number one, and then two, they can start progressing where they're at right when camp ends.
0: You know, wherever I'm at, whether it's uh, Clemson or Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, what we're seeing is more and more implementation of the bands in the weight room and and coming up with different ways to approach and, and train guys, especially in your situation where you don't have a million type of machines and a million type of a- apparatus to you know get things done with so many players in the weight room, you can really uh, attack a lot of workout with those bands, can't you? Yeah, I mean, I think they're very versatile,
1: and especially in a situation when you're rotating fields, and it's just me. So it's not like I can move an um, exercise area on field one to field two to field three. We're limited in the amount of people we have that are working in equipment and in the training room so everybody's got to be above and beyond the call of duty so as we say it's all hands on deck you know one day I'm running the horn at practice I'm doing rehab I'm also making sure everybody else is you know making sure the cones are in the right spots making
0: sure the field markers are done so it's all hands on deck approach. As you get closer to the games, if you could give us some uh, tips on set setting up an end season program to get high school and college coaches out there, uh, what are some of the? What's your approach to setting up an end season program?
1: Really, for, first is seeing what the football coaches are doing, right? So now you see the structure that they put in place. So then you see academics. So you see where their classes are in place, and then you plug in. First of all, the broad perspective, you plug in what time they're training and what days they're training on. And then you see as you get into towards the end of camp, the depth charts start to come out. So now you know who's getting the most amount of reps. And so you can kind of dictate, okay, this guy's getting a lot of reps on the field. This guy's not getting a lot of reps, so he can do a little more volume in the weight room. Um, you start to form your travel squad, your developmental squad. So your travel squad might lift two, two times a week with the option of a third. Your developmental can go lift three with an option of a fourth. And then you're also changing the amount of volume that each guy has and the modalities that they use. I mean, you have some, some guys will front squat through the season. Some guys will back squat while they're working on getting better at back squat. Um, uh, other guys might have shoulder issues linemen, so you have to adapt for that. You know, the width of your bench if you're benching or the width of your overhead pressing. Some guys won't overhead press. Um, so there's a lot of different things then you have all your prehab routines that you're making sure that um they're staying healthy throughout the whole entire season
0: yeah once you get your warm ups and lighter weight warm ups set for a football player has been you know running around making tackles making cuts getting reps should you keep the reps higher like in an eight to twelve range or should you just you know do uh like three reps in a set do you like that I mean, approach, where it's heavier, get it over with, move on.
1: I think a lot of it's uh, variable, right, because you have guys, once again, that since it's a, a collision sport, you know, if a guy comes in and they had a tough inside run day or a tough inside drill day and the lineman's backs are blown out, those are the days I put them on a hip press where I might give them a ball squat, some, something to take the, um, the pressure off their back and then work a little bit more on the flexibility part of it. Then you have other guys who maybe didn't get as many reps. So I – I want the communication to be constantly open between my guys and me. And so they can tell me if I feel like going a little heavier today, then they can go a little heavier. So I probably use from three to 10 reps, you know, depending on what they're feeling like that day. Most important thing for me is to record it all so that, so, they can re-back, so they can reflect back on it each week and see where they're at. And then you're trying to teach them once again I look at ourselves as life coach slash teachers. So you're teaching them what progression is and what it looks like and what we're trying to get them to and what the heaviest is that they've been. So you're trying to get them to build upon it. You can get really strong in season, but you're also going to have to be flexible. I'm not going to force somebody to do a heavy squat, squat, heavy bench, just because it looks good in the linear progression ide- ideology where it's going to be detrimental to them on the field or even in, the, in their mind. So... It's a lot of constant communication.
0: You know, the one thing that you do have that's really, really quality here is this coaching staff. Can you rattle off? I mean, the names that are here are like, it's like an NFL coaching staff.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm in a great situation for myself personally to steal a lot of ideas from, to learn myself, which is a great way to wake up every day knowing that you're going to get better you know, which I do every day for my players. My players are always teaching me lessons as well. I learn more from them than they do from me, but I also have a great opportunity to learn from guys like Hugh Jackson, who's our offensive coordinator, Brandon Fisher, who's our defensive coordinator, Kenan Smith, um, who's our wide receivers coach, Corey Harkey, the tight ends coach. Um, you flip the defense, you got linebackers coach Bowden, who played in the NFL, um, just, a, just a bunch of great coaches, let alone your head coach, you know, coach Eddie George, and then you got our, um, our consultant, which is Jeff Fisher, who's coached you know, 20-plus years in the NFL, head coach, moved two franchises, wealth of knowledge. So I'm trying to steal as much and learn much as I can.
0: Bottom line is if you want to learn football and become a good football player, you can get it done here. The coaches here are going to get you the knowledge to how to play the game.
1: I mean, without a doubt. I mean, the knowledge is there, and Coach is really big on entrepreneurship as well. You know, he speaks with our players about it as well as developing your own brand and understanding the opportunities that you have. You know, as he said before, football is a game of life just marked off in 100 yards. You know, so that's really what he tries to preach a lot of times as guys as well. And so you keep your um, your brand clean, whether it's on social media or how you act throughout society, that, you, that people are looking at you because you are a Tennessee State football player and that you have an opportunity to increase that value by how you act and how you live and
0: what you do. Like I said, we're standing in a a room that's going to be your brand-new strength and conditioning setup, and if you could tell us, uh, you know, it's a completely empty room right now. There's a few tables and stuff, but uh, what's going to be in here?
1: Well, the first thing we're going to do is we're going to raise the ceiling up so it matches the natural grade of what it is now because it's a drop ceiling, and then we're going to have 10 um, racks. They're all-inclusive, so I'm trying to make it because it's just me not different areas because then you'd have more people to watch so it's just me we'd have 10 full racks so we'll go you know even if we went too deep which I like to have about 20 to 25 guys I can watch them all in one area so you have two two lanes of racks obviously the racks will have all the bells and whistles they'll also have med balls and kettlebell um, platforms within them but then something new for a lot of these guys is when you're at this level sometimes, there's no other way to adapt to things. Meaning we're going to have four hip presses in here. We'll have some glute hams, which we don't have now. We'll have um, some hammer upper body pieces, which we don't have now. Just other tools in your toolbox that you could use that will really help in developmental these guys. And as we talked about in season, being that flexible. So um, sometimes it's easier if a guy's shoulders are bothering him to hit a different angle on an upper body machine um, which will be great for these guys because they've not had anything like this. And then we'll, let alone we're going to have 10 adjustable dumbbell stations. So that'll be nice. So usually you, you go to the dumbbell rack and there's one or two sets of 25s, one or two sets of 100s. Now you have something that goes from 15, you know, power blocks that go from 15 pounds all the way up to 150 pounds. Now you've got 10 sets of them, you know, so it'll increase our efficiency as well and also
0: enable us to do a lot of things that we haven't been able to do before. Coach, before I go and, uh, um, you know, when I get back, I'm going to have to uh, give Bill Jacobs uh, Power Company a call and and get a few more bands for myself, work on some of my uh, personal conditioning and training. If you could uh, maybe give us a few tips. One of the trademarks of your programs seems to be rhomboid and trapezius development. Some of your guys just stand out with that type of muscular development. What are, some of the area, what are some of the newfangled ways that you can uh, hit that area really hard and, and get that developed really well? We, we stress it because it's, it also helps from
1: everything I've researched and what I've, uh, some smarter people than me that I've talked to. It also helps with the dissipation of force when we're talking about concussive forces. So not only do we do a lot of manual neck because we don't have neck machines, um, we'll do a lot of isometrics as well. But we'll also do a lot of different variations of shrugs, where it's barbell shrug, single-arm dumbbell shrug, um, using the bands for upright row, scap retractions, just a lot of different.
0: You really like the uh, the scapular retraction move before you do the, the reactual yeah. row yeah. move. Yeah, I like
1: the guys to be stable, let alone um, when you're looking at a lot of the injuries because the shoulder pads seem to me have gotten smaller and smaller. So you, and the way, with way we um, changed into like... Hawk tackling where you're almost like shooting like a double leg. So you're leading with that shoulder a lot of the times. So I want to make sure that's really stable and if you know if you're practicing on turf and different things it always gets carried away. You know, whether it's a thud or a helmets only practice, someone always seems to be hitting the ground. So I wanna make sure that the, the shoulder joint is as stable as it can possibly be. And at the same same time
0: helping with any um keeping that neck and head stable. Scott Holzhoppel. He's the head strength and conditioning coach for this football squad. It's the Tennessee State University Tigers. He just got here about two months ago. He's got his sleeves rolled up. He's been nonstop. He was doing a little bit of everything during practice today. And we, uh, once again, would like to extend a big thank you for the tour here today and and, uh, showing us around and and letting ASAP, Athletic Strength and Power, come in, take a look at what you're doing. We really appreciate, thanks again for joining us with this Thanks for having me. And, of course, ASAP is always welcome anywhere I am.